Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you all. Us Days at U.S. Cellular. Exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers could get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Visit uscellular.com for terms and restrictions. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Of course, he's not going to be able to answer, although Producer Joe is there today, folks. Don't worry. I will answer for him. Dan, I'm doing great today on this fine Tuesday. When I do road shows, I'm up here in New York hosting Fox and Friends. Uh, there's only one line for us to log in, so that line is taken up by me. But Joe is here. Joe is watching providing some video feedback to me with him and Paul. I get like a thumbs up or so. Um, thank you to everyone who watched Fox and Friends yesterday. You all are awesome. I will be, uh, I was back again, obviously today um, on Tuesday. I really appreciate it. You all are great. So I really appreciate it. You make my life so worthwhile when you tune into our content. So of course we have to do these shows, some of these road shows from the hotel room. Um, so let me get right to it. Hey, today's show brought to you by buddies at WaxRx. Listen, you know, some products I get, they're not the sexiest products in the world to talk about, but they work. That's WaxRx. I had a problem in my last line of work. I had an earpiece stuck in my ear all day with wax buildup. It was super annoying. It was pretty horrible. What's the best way to get the wax out? It is not sticking those cut and swabs in your ears. It's not the way to do it. The best way to do it is the wax RX system. Wax RX. It's a, here's a customer review because sometimes they speak for themselves. I used to have to go to the doctor twice a year to get my ears clean with my $60 uh, deductible it cost me $120 a year. Now I can do it myself with WaxRx and a significant savings to boot that also doesn't require me to miss a half a day of work. Thank you, WaxRx. It's super easy to use. First, folks, they have a Ferks. I keep saying it's like folks and Ferks. They keep they have this nozzle. You put it in your ear. You get this gentle spray in there. Cleans that wax out. Gets it out of there. Right now, you can go to, uh, get the WaxRx system by typing in GoWaxRx.com. That's GoWaxRx.com. Use offer code Dan at checkout for free shipping. Don't wait. You have no idea what you may be missing because you may not be hearing it because of inner ear wax. Who knows? It might just change your life. A GoWaxRx.com, offer code Dan. Check that out. Hey, folks, stay tuned today because at the end of the show, I have, Paula, wouldn't you agree? Just give me a nod because you know what I'm telling you is true. Is possibly the funniest story, <laughs> possibly the funniest story I have ever put out in four years of doing, five years of doing the Dan Bongino show here. Don't go anywhere. At the end of the show, I'll tell you what it is. You may not have heard this anywhere. You may not catch it on the evening news, but I promise you, if you don't laugh at the end of it, I didn't do my job. All right, let's get to the serious stuff first. So yesterday I was on Fox and Friends, did an interview at the end with a nice guy, Jason Nichols. He's a, he's a, 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 a lecturer or a teacher at the University of Maryland, uh, happens to be liberal. But, you know, he came on the show, which was nice of me. He wanted to debate the Trump, the infamous Trump Stephanopoulos, Stephanopoulos interview in ABC. You know, I keep bringing this up, folks, because this interview this is the interview that will not go away. Um, the left just continues to step in their own dog dung. They do. 
they keep saying, well, Trump said he would take information from foreigners. Okay, well, Hillary actually did. And that's not what Trump said, by the way. We covered that last week. No need to relitigate that issue. Now, it's rare for me to play clips of myself on the show. You know that if you're regular listeners. But this interview yesterday was so good because the Democrats have finally found, uh, I believe, what they think to be a talking point about Trump's soft spot and this collusion thing. Remember, Hillary actually paid for and took information from Mars. Actually took it. Like, took the information, paid for it. Here you go. Where's my wallet? Hold on. Here's my wallet. Got a few bucks in here. Look at that. A little beer in there. Check it out. Here you go. Check that out. Here you go. Here you go. A little money. There you go. You actually paid for the information. We get transmitted funds to foreigners to get information from Russians. So the Democrats can't get away with this. They're trying on one hand to nail Trump. Hey, Donald, Donald Trump said in an interview that he would listen to someone who had information. Hillary actually paid for it. Okay, so getting right to it, I interviewed Jason Nichols. I'm very excited about today's show. Yesterday on Fox and Friends. And I want to play the first cut of what appears to be their new talking point. That as long as you pay for the information and you basically launder the funds through an American company, dealing with foreigners is A-OK. You try to figure this out. Check this out. In an interview, President Trump said he would listen to foreign intelligence. Check it out. I think maybe you do both. I think you might want to listen. I don't, there's nothing wrong with listening. Do you want that kind of interference in our elections? It's not an interference. They have information. I think I'd take it. If I thought there was something wrong, I'd go maybe to the FBI. And of course, the media refuses to let it go. If any other president had said anything resembling this, you know, uh, Republicans in Congress would have understandably, uh, you know, Call them a traitor. Is the president going to be um, reported as a security threat after that interview? Many heard that as Mr. Trump saying, Russia, if you're listening, come on in. The water's fine. But where was that outrage over Hillary Clinton's role in the creation of the Steele dossier? Joining me now is Jason Nichols, Democratic strategist and lecturer of African-American studies at the University of Maryland. Jason, thanks for joining us. So, uh, Jason, my first Thank question you. here is uh, if you have a problem with foreign interference in elections, do you have a problem with Hillary Clinton paying a foreigner to obtain information from two Putin connected Russian sources? Of course, a fact not open uh, for dispute. But does that bother you as well? Well, again, I think that you are misinterpreting that completely. Uh, Dan, good morning. But good morning. I think you're absolutely incorrect about that. Number one, the Clinton what? campaign, the Clinton campaign played a company called Fusion GPS, which is a U.S. company that happened to employ a British national by the name of Steele. So they did not hire Steele. Steele is not a representative. They didn't. So Hillary Clinton did not hire Steele. I'm trying to because that's entirely inaccurate. Her campaign. So as long as you launder the money, it's okay. So as long as you launder the money to a law firm, it's okay. No, I'm just trying to get their principles to down. US, on this. They went to a U.S. company, so it was not okay, like okay. going. So to if a you pay a U.S. A company to pay foreigners for Russian US, information, it's okay. It's not going to a hotel and having a meeting with the Russian lawyer, or it's not you know picking up the phone and it's and it's Vladimir Putin. Who went to what, a, who went they, to a hotel with a meeting went, with a Russian lawyer? Uh, of course, you know that uh, Donald Trump Jr. actually did that. But that's you mean the, not even wait, you mean the Russian lawyer that discuss. works for the same company, Fusion we're, GPS, we're, we're paid for by Hillary? Fusion, we're you talking about one. Fusion GPS. We're talking about Fusion GPS, a U.S. company that employed the services of Steele. 
And the Steele dossier is not even where the Russian the Russia investigation came from. As a matter of fact, okay, the Jason, FBI what you're saying is entirely wrong and inaccurate. No, and I'm no, sorry listen. I have to stop you because Steele has already sure. admitted to the State Department in a memo. You can look at yourself that was taken down in a note that his sources were two Trebnikov and Surkov, two Putin connected Russians. So I'm just no, trying no, to get your principle. No, no, I'm, hold on. I let you no, answer, no. but I just want to get your principles down. <laughs> Did you get that? If it made sense to you, God bless you, because it didn't make any sense to me. I don't get it. So it, it taking uh, it, one, he says, uh, did you catch the part about the hypotheticals? He's, he says about this. Hypo, I'm not going to answer hypotheticals. Meanwhile, the question Stephanopoulos asked Trump was a total hypothetical. What if what if that's what hypothetical questions are? Leave that aside for a minute. So apparently the new Democrat talking point, the answer to this is that as long as you wander the money from an American company first, you get this, Joe, you get this as long as you guys taking notes, as long as you launder the money first through an American company and you pay foreigners for Russian information, then it's okay. Do you understand, like, wait, uh, listen, Jason's not here to defend himself like he was on the show, but he came on, and I'm just using this, I'm using his words, I'm not, you know, I'm not cutting it unnecessarily to make him look bad, but this is it, this is really what you're going to roll with, as long as we launder the money. So, uh, uh, Joe, just so you're clear on this, right, Here how this, here's how this is going to work in the future. If you want to go get Chinese or Russian or whatever, Pakistani or Indian or information from Canada or Mexico, whatever it may be, from foreign governments about your political opponents, that according to the liberals now, their new talking point is just pay an American to go do it. As long as you pay an American company, whatever it may be, Joey Bag of Donuts, Inc., and they go grab the information, two thumbs up, you are A-OK, no problems at all. So the interview went on. Um, again, I try to pin Jason down here. This is a little shorter. That was a longer segment. I don't like to play my... Violating two Dan Bongino rules today. Uh, actually, three. I'm talking about myself in the third person, number one. Playing long clips uh, and then playing long clips of myself. But it was such a, a good interview and I enjoyed it so much. And it was funny, the media hysterics, how they freaked out. You get the lunatics at Mediaite who are you know a bunch of libs. They were tweeting this out. I, uh, Paul, am I making this up? I couldn't find the video from Fox until the lefties at Media I tweeted out. So hat tip Ken Meyer at Media. I thank you for promoting. Of course, in there, if they try to take a shot at me, train wreck. It was the greatest interview. I love it. Thank you, Media I, for sending this out. The interview continued again, trying to pin him down on what exactly are you saying principles wise, and you can't get a straight answer. Check this out. You're suggesting as long as you pay a U.S. company first to pay foreigners to get information from Putin connected Russians. That's OK with you, right? What I'm saying is they hired a U.S. company and the U.S. So that's company the key. happened to hire a, a foreign national. OK, now, so as long again, as we pay U.S. companies working, to work with foreigners. He was not working. Now, Steele was not an employee of the Russian government. He was not an employee of the British government. He was an employee of a U.S. company. And that's who the Clinton campaign Hired. They did not hire steel directly. Jason, I'm just trying to nail you down. A that. simple yes now, or no will suffice. Now, I'm just asking let's, you. Let's if, listen to hold what on a second. Trump was if saying. That's pay... different. Hold, hold, oh, hold on. Give, give me one, one moment here. What Donald Trump is talking about is completely different than that. He's saying if the Russians are on the phone and they have information, I'll take the call and then I'll make a judgment call and see whether I call the FBI. Maybe that 
is something that Christopher Ray has said is wrong, that the FEC has said is wrong. So every okay. other. So Jason, I like your answer. That's great. You still didn't give me an answer on the other one, which I, I find odd. But so you're suggesting now, as long as the Russians call Donald Trump, even if the information is shady or inaccurate, like it was for Hillary's information, that they should investigate Hillary. So let me just give you a quick hypothetical. Again, a yes or no is fine here. Again, if Donald Trump, hold on, Jason, hold on. Let me ask There's you because no you're not giving hard answers. As long as I Donald Trump gets a call from Russians tomorrow saying Hillary robbed the bank, they should open an FBI investigation and not vet the, the information. FBI, yes or the yes FBI or no? The FBI investigation existed yes seven no weeks fine, before you know? the Steele dossier. There's no reason, Dan. There's no reason yeah. to go into hypotheticals. You're not going to answer the question. We can talk question, actual right? facts. Yeah, we I did talk, talk actual facts. facts. You're making stuff up. That's the problem. I'm, the I, I have the facts. Where am I making stuff up? You're making stuff up because I'm trying to get a super yes or no from you. Can the you FBI pay investigation or not? existed seven weeks before the Steele dossier. The All FISA, right. well, uh, the FISA warrant was uh, had much more than just the it, Steele dossier. That's not true, Andy this McCabe. You're George, actually making George that up. The deputy director of the FBI said opposite. Unless you know more than him, that's, that's inaccurate. That's, right, that's absolutely Jason, I, I got to run. Thanks for the good. Debate. Okay, I got to say, folks, I've done a lot of interviews on Fox and on talk radio and elsewhere. That one, I think, takes the cake for the most enjoyable interview I have ever done on TV. And then he throws in the end an extra bonus, but fake talking point that, well, you know, they had a lot of information outside of the dossier. Really? What is that? You know about that? What information did they have outside of the dossier? It hasn't leaked out yet. So there's another secret dossier out there about Trump of additional stuff we haven't seen yet. You're the only one who see. He doesn't know that. He's just making that up. And Andy McCabe, of course, the deputy director of the FBI, has already said the FISA warrant would not, would not have existed without the dossier. So unless Jason knows something, the former deputy director of the FBI doesn't. Maybe he should get it to the FBI quick if he's got some dossier on Trump. Who knows? Maybe it's another Christopher Steele dossier and has the uh, credibility of that. So I appreciate all of you who watched that. I really enjoyed it. I had a good time. And again, hat tip Ken Meyer at Mediaite for writing it up. I wouldn't have found the video elsewhere. So nice job. Thanks, everybody. Hey, um, this Chernobyl thing has really spoke to me, uh, really kind of spoken to me. Moving on. Uh, you know, I was really into the HBO series Chernobyl, uh, and it is terrific. I don't mean to take away from the, the quality of it at all. I, I mean, I can't say in strong enough terms how much my wife and I enjoyed the miniseries on HBO Uh Chernobyl after obviously after the nuclear accident in Pripyat, Ukraine um, at the Chernobyl nuclear plant. The problem is, for those of you regular listeners to the show, is the producer of the show decided it'd be a good idea to start attacking conservatives. Once you do that, I'm out. You want to watch the show, knock yourself out. I'm telling you, it's, the quality of it's amazing. Um, it's riveting. I didn't watch the last piece of it because I'm just not going to spend my time putting eyeballs on content produced by people that hate us um, and constantly attack us. I mean, keep in mind, this guy, Craig Mazin, or Mazin, whatever his name is, who produced the show, we were giving him on my show... I mean, I wasn't doing it out of generosity. I was doing it because it was a quality show. We were, But we were talking about it, giving him free advertising on what can be an expensive podcast to advertise on at times, you know? Um, and I felt kind of like a slap in the face. Like, wait, let me, I'm advertising. Rush Limbaugh loved it too. His show is a lot more expensive uh, to get on. And we're talking about your program and you're turning around and spitting in our fat, you idiot conservatives. You don't know anything about So whatever. Thanks, Craig. You know, good job. And a good, good way to crap on your audience, you know, Night, well done. But it is a fascinating series, and there's no reason we should refrain from talking about the incident itself. Uh, and, you know, this isn't something I do often on the show, but I saw this article at The Guardian about Chernobyl. And it was fascinating from a woman who was there. Now, it was called the, it's called The Truth About Chernobyl. 
I saw it with my own eyes. A woman named Kim Wilshire reported on the nuclear disaster from the Soviet Union. And she says that the HBO version, which I had recommended and got to that fight with the producer about, only scratches the surface, she says. Now, I'm going to bring up three particular portions of this article I think are fascinating that covers some of the stuff you may not have seen or heard about amongst this Chernobyl disaster that ladies and gentlemen should really really scare the heck out of you about socialism whatever Craig Mazin and the liberals who produced Chernobyl think their message was you cannot watch that series or see what I'm about to tell you in this piece which is devastating the truth about Chernobyl it's going to turn your stomach you cannot read that or watch that series and come away with the thought that socialism is not the most destructive form of governing, we've, if you want to call it that, we've ever seen in the history of sentient beings and humankind. It is a torturous disaster, a debacle of a system that has cost the lives of hundreds of millions of people and doesn't even care about the lives of the human beings, the bureaucrats involved in socialism and the government control of the means of production. Uh, they, you are a statistic to them. From this piece, I can't encourage you strongly enough to read this. It'll be in the show notes today at Bongino.com. Again, if you subscribe to my email list, I'll email it to you. Uh, the first piece about the insiders. Listen to this. This is devastating. So Chernobyl, this nuclear plant, 1986, explodes. The plant explodes. There's nuclear fallout all over the place. There's, I mean, I, again, I don't want this to be a damning indictment of the nuclear industry. It's actually very safe. The socialism, however, is not safe. But she writes in the piece, the Chernobyl miniseries is a compelling account of how the disaster unfolded based on the testimony of those present, some who died soon afterwards. It rings true, but it only scratches the surface of another more cruel reality. That in their desperation to save face, the Soviets, again, it's not indictment of the nuclear industry, but indictment of the Soviets. <coughs> this is where the HBO producer is missing this. The Soviets were willing to sacrifice any number of men, women, and children. Even as radiation spewed out of the plant from the burning reactor core, local people told me how they had seen communist apparatchiks, communist insiders, folks, in the area spirit their families to safety in Moscow while the residents were being urged to carry on as if nothing had happened. In Pripyat, the satellite city built for Chernobyl workers, windows, windows were left open, children played outside, and gardeners dug their allotment. Folks, can you imagine this? How, again, the producers of this Chernobyl series think somehow this is an indictment of Donald Trump? Can you imagine? God forbid. Wouldn't happen here because our nuclear industry, again, I can't emphasize enough, is very safe. I'm a big fan of nuclear power because we need to power our society. It's going to be downsides to everything, but it's very safe. God forbid there was a nuclear accident on par with Chernobyl now, and the Trump administration, even for a moment, was having conversations about keeping people near the fallout zone. Folks, you know that would never happen. Thankfully, that would never happen. One, because our, our government, thankfully, is led by a man who has a soul, unlike some of these other faceless bureaucrats in the Soviet Union who couldn't have given a damn. But you really think the government would tell people to open their windows and just hang out near a, God forbid, a nuclear uh, explosion at a plant because Donald Trump's in charge? Are you really that dumb? The producer of the show must be because apparently he believes that's the case. How that's not an indictment on socialism. Ladies and gentlemen, they can only hide that kind of deranged human activity in a socialist system where they control everything. The piece goes on. This is really damning. I can't encourage you to read this strongly enough. 
just three days after the catastrophe on April 29th, with the reactor fire still burning, spewing radioactive fallout into the air, Chernobyl was the sixth item on the TV news. Sixth. Can you imagine this? The sixth item. Here was the quote from the evening news from the female presenter. There has been an accident. Gee, um, you think, lady? You think there's been an accident? Quote, two people have died. School children in Belarusia and Ukraine, the worst hit by the fallout, were instructed to continue with their May Day celebrations and parades, even as the rain brought radioactive particles down on them. Oh, my. I mean, can you imagine the depravity as an organized government to tell people, school children in a May Day parade, hang out, nothing's wrong, and then to put on the news as the sixth story on the news, the sixth story, that, yeah, there's been an accident, not mentioning it's one of the most uh, apocalyptic nuclear incidents we've had in human history, and acting like it was an accident, like a car accident on the corner of a, you know, the Autumn Glory Parade out in Garrett County, Maryland or something. Only in socialism. Is garbage like that allowed to persist? But again, don't tell the producer of Chernobyl. And congratulations on doing a spectacular piece of work. But seriously, you you think your series was an indictment of Donald Trump? I mean, how ridiculously dopey of a statement do you have to be? I mean, you have to have a TDS level six. You know, that's the highest level of Trump derangement syndrome. Level six, infecting your brain at every level, peeling off your dendrites, your axons and your neurons dying off one by one to actually believe that. All right. From the piece, this is you want to make it personal now. Let's make it personal because sometimes hearing these stories, you can't put a face on them. This is a real person. This is the writer talking here. For me, one particular girl, Oksana, and her family encapsulated this human tragedy. On May 1st, 1986, the teenager and her friends were ordered out on the, ordered, or, listen, ordered on the streets of the Ukrainian capital, Kiev, to take part in parades. Oksana's father, a singer, was told it was his patriotic duty to go with his male voice choir to Chernobyl. To sing, the clean, to sing to the cleanup workers. He told us he had been more scared of the still raging reactor fire than the silent invisible killer he was breathing in and out. Oksana's parents pressed cakes, local champagne brandy and vodka on us and talked about their only child's unexplained sickness. In the next room, Oksana lay dying. A skeletal figure staring blindly at the ceiling who bore no resemblance to the smiling blonde girl in a photograph on the mantelpiece. She did not speak and did not appear to respond to anything or to move except to blink slowly every few minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, the pictures of Oksana in the piece in The Guardian are devastating. Now, again, we don't do hyperbole or exaggeration here. Clearly not every single case of illness or cancer afterwards was going to be attributed to Chernobyl. But I don't think any sane, rational being would dispute the fact that high degrees of radioactive fallout are likely going to increase your chances of getting a deadly form of cancer significantly. But the Russian government apparently didn't seem to believe that. The Soviet, excuse me, the Soviet government, if you want to call these disgraceful bunch of buffoons that, the Soviet government didn't seem to think that was a big deal. But yet the producer of the series, again, thinks this is an indictment of Donald Trump in a constitutional republic. Disgusting. You would never, ever, ever 
get away with deception on a mass scale like that in the United States. Notice what I'm not saying, by the way, because I know we have liberals listening and you're always welcome here, but notice what I'm not saying. I'm not saying, number one, that industrial accidents don't happen in the United States. I'm not saying people haven't died in free markets due to companies that do the wrong thing. I'm not saying government hasn't tried to hide things. We, the whole Spygate scandal is evidence of that. What I'm saying to you is deception on a mass scale like happened in the Soviet Union, enabling tens of thousands of people to be, to be exposed to radiation and potentially do, died from it later due to it, would never, ever, ever happen. Deception on that mass scale in a free country because the media who attacks us all the time, but I'm a, obviously and always will be a big supporter of a free media, would never let that happen. The media doesn't let Donald Trump blow his nose now. You think he'd be, they'd let him put out a press statement telling people after a nuclear accident, hey, do nothing, just hang out, everything's A-OK? Come on, guys, don't be idiots. You lose the respect of the public every day when you say stupid stuff like that. It's just embarrassing, really. Stop embarrassing and humiliating yourselves. All right, um, I got a lot more. This next segment you're going to love. Um you know, the master of liberal deception, speaking of deception, Paul Krugman, possibly the worst econ uh, economist in human history. Um, last week, I covered Paul Krugman's ridiculous tweet about the Republicans keep saying tax cuts don't pay for themselves. This is totally debunked. And during last week's show, we completely annihilated every one of Krugman's talking points. I'm going to get to that in a second. And our good friend, Matt Palumbo, who writes at my website, Bongino.com, he's our resident fact checker, was kind enough to put together a piece Paul Krugman's worst economic predictions ever. So we have a little lineup because he's the liberal economist. Liberals love. He writes for the Washington Post. Paul Krugman, he's a genius. Uh, not so much after this piece. We'll get to that in a second. Hey, today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Bravo Company Manufacturing, BCM. Ladies and gentlemen, these are the finest rifles and pistols on the market. If you are in the market for a not a piece of sporting equipment, listen, they're rifles and pistols. This is life-saving equipment they build. If you are in the market, you would be doing yourself a huge disservice if you didn't check them out. Go to bravocompanymfg.com. That's bravocompanymfg.com. A Bravo Company manufacturing rifle or pistol. These are the finest in the business. Ladies and gentlemen, they build them to a life-saving standard. This is not a sporting arms company. I can't emphasize that to you in strong enough terms. Every rifle or pistol that leaves their factory at Bravo Company Manufacturing, it is assumed will be in the hands of an end user who is military, who is law enforcement, or is a, a Second Amendment supporter, or someone interested in defending their home or defending their property. God forbid you're in that situation, and they understand it could be involved. We're hoping to avoid it, but in a life-saving scenario, they build their uh, their equipment to the highest quality standards. I own two of these. They are terrific. I cannot say enough about the quality and the precision of these rifles. They are terrific. Bravo Company Manufacturing. They put their people before their products because they feel it's their moral responsibility as Americans to provide tools that will not fail that end user I just talked about when you need it. Ladies and gentlemen, check them out, please. Go check them out. They work with leading instructors of marksmanship to produce the finest products out there, rifles and pistols I use, I have in my home. To learn more about Bravo Company, go to bravocompanymfg.com where you can discover more about their products. They have special offers and upcoming news. That's bravocompanymfg.com. Need more convincing? Go check out their YouTube channel at BCM, youtube.com slash Bravo Company USA, youtube.com slash Bravo Company USA. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're in the market, again, uh, this is absolutely the place to go if you're in the market for rifle or pistol, Bravo Company Manufacturing, big supporter of the products. Go check them out, bravocompanymfg.com. Okay, so last week we dealt with 
liberal economist Paul Krugman, who's been wrong about just about everything. This guy should return. He got a Nobel Prize, uh, which is stunning. Um, he probably should return that. Uh, Nobel's turning over in his grave right now, realizing they gave the economic Nobel Prize to a guy who's been wrong about just about every major prediction ever. He's an amazing guy. He's predicted like 50 out of the last five recessions. Yeah, I didn't say that backwards. You figure it out. You'll get it. Uh, <laughs> eventually, you'll be right. So Paul Krugman sent out this tweet last week uh, that I had covered on the show, but it's, I have to readdress it in light of Matt's new article. So first, he talks about this no idea in economics has been thoroughly tested and completely rejected as the notion that tax cuts pay for themselves. The reason is that it's been tested so much is that Republicans keep insisting that it's true and base their policy on the claim that when it fails, which is done again and again, from Bush to Trump, from D.C. to Kansas, they pretend not to notice and do it all over again. So last week we took care of that uh, dopey tweet, but that's the genesis of this whole thing and why I've been on Paul Krugman all week, because liberals and your liberal friends will cite him as some kind of expert. He won a Nobel Prize. Uh, well, what we told you about that is malarkey. Um, tax cuts, whether they're Calvin Coolidge, Ronald Reagan, some of Bill Clinton's tax cuts on the capital gains side, Ronald Reagan tax cuts, the George W. Bush tax cuts and the Trump tax cuts. There is zero. Listen to me. Zero. Zero evidence that those tax cuts have cost, air quotes, the government money. Zero. You can tune into my show on that last week, and if you, Paula, if you can link to it or, or in our show notes, that'd be great. Um, that'd be terrific. So I asked Matt, I said, when you put together a list of some of Paul Krugman, liberal scion, he's like um, Neo from The Matrix for uh, leftists when it comes to making economic predictions. Can you put together a piece about some of Paul Krugman's other dopey, silly, broken, uh, disturbing, destroyed, ridiculous uh, predictions. So he did, uh, which was great. We love Matt. Paul Krugman's worst economic predictions, worst in all capital letters by Matt Palumbo. So that'll be up at the show notes today, up at Bongino.com too. Please check this out. But let's go through them one by one uh, because they're actually pretty funny. So one of Krugman's first predictions, this one is a doozy, um, about the stock market. Ladies and gentlemen, Paul Krugman prediction, the stock market is doomed. Doomed like the video game. It, when Trump gets elected, forget it. The stock market's going to crash. As we can see here from the piece, the stock market was finished, according to Paul Krugman, when it became clear that Donald Trump would win the presidential election. He says at the end, uh, Krugman took to his New York Times column, predict that the markets would never recover. This is a quote from Krugman. Don't laugh, folks. Hold your laughter in. This is the liberal scion. This is the guy. This is the Lion King of economists, right, for the left. He says, <laughs> it really does now look like President Donald J. Trump and markets are plunging. When might we expect them to recover? If the question is when markets will recover, a first pass answer is Never. The stock market would never recover after the Trump election. Well, as we can see from this piece at the uh, Business Times there, the stock market's been up 28.6% since the Donald Trump election. So, ladies and gentlemen, again, it's not just that Krugman is wrong. Uh, he is wrong spectacularly. When Donald Trump assumed office, the Dow Jones was at 19,000. It's now up 20, uh, 28.6% uh, since then. So uh, listen, uh, Krugman... I, why you? I'm not. I'm not going to attribute every single gain or loss in the stock market to the sitting president, Democrat or Republican. Businesses don't make every decision they make according to who's in the White House. But clearly, Krugman's talking point about the stock market crashing was garbage. What was was waste from the rear end of an animal. It was it was wrong, spectacularly wrong. He said the market would never recover. Not only recover, it's up twenty eight point six percent. 
could crash tomorrow. I'm just saying his prediction was wrong. Simple as that. All right. Here's another one. I actually have a video for this one, but if we could put up the uh, Matt for a piece from Matt, uh, the, the snippet from Matt's piece first. So his second prediction, Krugman, liberal economist who liberals, uh, they love, they worship this guy. Again, he is the uh, Lion King of economists. He holds his information up. Remember like the Lion King? Ah! That's his thing. So Krugman in 2017, there will be no return to 3% growth. <laughs> so... This is great. This is classic. Appearing on Bloomberg in March of 2017. I got that for you to say. Well, let's play that. I have this video of Krugman insisting that the 3% growth, by the way, which we just saw in the uh, under the Donald Trump presidency, he reached 3% growth and probably is going to do it again this year. The 3% growth we just saw, this is him in 2017 saying how this would never, ever going to happen. And he said, again, he reiterated the same point later on Twitter, arguing it would be difficult to achieve 3% growth due to baby boomers leaving the workforce. In other words, Paul Krugman, stock market's never going to recover. It goes up. Second point, 3% growth, never going to happen. Here's Paul Krugman in his own words, embarrassing himself again. 3% growth. Is this a sustainable pace? Could we get back there with the right policy mix? Uh, no, we could get there if we get very, very lucky. If some wonderful technology comes along or you know something, productivity surges for reasons that we don't understand. But no, there, it's, there's nothing in policy that would raise the growth rate. Um, nobody, you know, I could, you could make me total dictator and do everything I believe wow. would work and it still wouldn't get you up by more than a few tenths of a percentage point. Okie dokie. Hat tip Bloomberg on that one. Nice job, Krugman. So you're a big O for two. Uh, the stock market will never recover. Embarrassing, epic fail. Hashtag that sucker on Twitter. And you'll never reach 3% growth, which we promptly reached the first year of the Trump presidency. Didn't even like take a long. It was just the first year. It didn't even take a long time. It's the first year of the Trump presidency. So again, here we go. The Lion King of economists. But there was a third one. You know, Krugman, again, has predicted 50 out of the last five recessions. So he predicted that a recession is coming. The recession is coming. The recession is coming, which, of course, is totally Krugman-like. Uh, he predicted in February that a recession is coming this year or next. Well, we've gone a decade without a recession, as Matt writes, which historically occur, occur every seven years. So it wouldn't be all too surprising if the economy did see a brief recession sometime in the future, which is a valid point. But don't be ready to give Krugman any credit for his predictive ability because he's been predicting a recession under the Trump administration every single year of his presidency. Anybody could, this is a great point. Well done, Matt Palumbo. Anybody could be a prophet when they make the same prediction every day. Think about it. This is why I said in the beginning, I was setting you up. He's predicted 50 out of the last five recessions. Because if I wake up every morning and I walk outside and I tell my next door neighbor, I am a thousand percent sure today that it is going to rain at exactly three o'clock. If I make that prediction in Florida every day for a year, the way it rains in Florida at three o'clock, I assure you, I am going to nail that prediction probably 10, 20, 30 times out of the 365 days of the year. And I will look like a genius on those 10 days. The problem is when you predict it every day and your neighbor catches onto the scam, they realize you're just making it up. You're not a prophet. You're just saying the same crap every day. And in Krugman's case, it's just that Trump stinks and a recession is coming because Trump's in office. And then he'll claim credit for it later. 50 out of every five. All right. Um, last piece. There's, there was more to it. He's also predicted, as Matt puts in, please read this piece. It's so good. Matt put a lot of good work into it. He's also predicted that we were going to experience a significant period of deflation when the exact opposite happened, we're in, a, we're in an inflationary environment, but it's low inflation. He predicted Europe would outperform America economically. 
then the financial crisis hit and Europe was hit far harder, uh, harder than the U.S. and took more uh, took much longer to recover from it. On 11 occasions between April and July of 2012, April 2010, July of 2012, Krugman predicted that the euro would collapse. That never happened either. So again, this is the guy on the left. They absolutely love and adore Paul Krugman, who can't seem to get his head out of his caboose uh, and keeps trying. keeps making these ridiculous predictions. So as this comes up and we'll see his face out there in the Washington Post and elsewhere, um, diminishing the effect of the Trump tax cuts and elsewhere on the campaign. I want you to realize this guy is a discredited hack uh, who should return his Nobel Prize immediately. He just likes to attack Republicans. He was a serious guy at one time. Um, not anymore. He's not that serious guy anymore. Okay. I still have the ridiculously funny story to get. If, um, if Listen, if you're disappointed in how humorous this story is, how funny it is. I'm not a comedian. This isn't like a comedy show. It's the Howard Stern show. But if you're disappointed it's the end of the show, email me because I'm telling you, I think it's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Even Paula laughed and we were so busy. We were talking about it. She's like, that's a good one. But I do have something to get to next about uh, another thing Trump said that is... um, pretty devastating. It's going to open the Pandora's box on this thing. So stay tuned. Um, finally, today's show brought to you by buddies at DoorDash. Hey, long day at work, tough day at school, still stuck at the office. Treat yourself to a meal you deserve on demand from your favorite restaurant. Restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Listen, you love to cook, but you're not in the mood for dishes. Yeah. It's kind of me. I hate doing dishes. My wife cooks. I usually have to do dishes. I'm terrible at it. Watch your favorite show with your favorite people instead. Get it delivered with DoorDash. DoorDash. It's dinner time. Your stomach's rumbling. You still don't know what you're going to eat tonight. Sound familiar? Again, with DoorDash, you don't need to get up from the couch to get the meal cooking. DoorDash. Connecting you to all of your favorite restaurants in your city. Download the DoorDash app and enter code Bongino. You'll receive $5 off your first order and let dinner come to you. It connects you to all your favorite restaurants. Ordering's easy. Just use the DoorDash app, DoorDash app, open the app, choose what you want to eat, and your Dasher brings it right to your door wherever you are. Not only is that burger place you love on DoorDash already, but over 310,000 other amazing restaurants are as well. DoorDash connects you with door-to-door delivery in over 3,300 cities and all 50 states across the United States. You like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, Cheesecake Factory? Don't worry about dinner. Let dinner come to you with DoorDash. Again, right now, get $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app, DoorDash app, and enter promo code Bongino. That's $5 off your first order. Download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Bongino. Promo code Bongino for $5 off at DoorDash. DoorDash is really cool. Super convenient. Come right to your door. They're always nice, too. We love DoorDash. We're a DoorDash household. Okay. So uh, just quickly, this story from Fox News I wanted to hit again. I did uh, hammer it yesterday on Fox and Friends as well, and it's important. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, the door is about to burst on the one guy who has conveniently managed to leave his name out of all of this. This Fox News piece, Donald Trump said in the interview with ABC, uh, with George Stephanopoulos, here is a really sound quality quote. Uh, Trump claims Obama Obama had to know about efforts to undermine his presidency by Gregory at Fox News. I'll have this up in the show notes, too. Ladies and gentlemen, of course... Barack Obama had to know, you know, the listen to the libs out there. You can hide this, run away from it, protect your, your you know, your, 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 you know, your, your, your Messiah and Barack Obama. That's fine. You're just embarrassing yourselves. Media people, you've, for, you, 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 journalism left you a long time ago. Um, you abandoned journalism a long time ago. We get that. Okay. I understand that, but you need to understand that you're, 
explanation that the Trump team was spied on and the Obama administration was somehow left out of it is so completely, utterly idiotic that you're not embarrassing us by saying it. You're embarrassing yourselves. And I just want to remind you that Trump's saying that for a reason. It's not because he's an idiot. He's not stupid. He clearly has some information on this that he knows that some of us may not. But I'll just tell you what's open source. April 5th, a text from the FBI investigators in the case. The April 5th, by the way, this is just a few days after they open up the Crossfire Hurricane case into Donald Trump. This is April 5th, 2016, to be precise. Remember, the case is open. Excuse me. Strike that. August 5th. August 5th. Crossfire Hurricane is open July 31st, 2016. We're talking just days later. The two investigators investigating the Trump team texting themselves to each other. The White House is running this. Running what? Are you even remotely curious? Now, ladies and gentlemen, it may be about running, you know, Ren and Stimpy shows on YouTube. Could be. But media people, you have these two FBI investigators working a case against Donald Trump and working a case against Hillary Clinton who are texting each other, the White House is running this, and you're fundamentally uncurious at all about what they're talking about. You're an embarrassment. You're not journalists. You're total embarrassments. The next day, the next day, the same two, Page and Stroke, a lawyer and the FBI agent running the case, they're texting each other that their mission, this is a quote, they're meant to protect the country from this menace, talking about Donald Trump. Don't worry, media people. Nothing to see here, media folks. Nothing to see here at all. So unbelievably incurious. Turn in your media badges now. They won't ask any questions. They are engaged in an active cover-up. It's astonishing. September 2nd, page and stroke. Again, the two investigators. POTUS, an acronym for President of the United States. POTUS wants to know everything we're doing. Are... You're, again, you're, you're insisting to me with a straight face while claiming to be a journalist. You're insisting with a straight face that Obama knew nothing about this. These texts are meaningless. Ob- POTUS wants to know everything we're doing. President, said, everything like what? Like their tennis game? They're investigating Donald Trump, you knuckleheads. Have you not figured this out? He wants to know about the Parcheesi match they're going to have tonight with, the, you know, with grandma at the house. What do you think POTUS wants to know about? His kid's soccer game? They are engaged in an active cover-up as they lob this, you guys are all conspiracy theorist charges, which is comical because we nailed the case from the start while this total clown show we call the media continues to hide this thing. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a total joke. It's a disgrace. This is going to come out and Barack Obama can only hide from this from so much longer. It really is. It's embarrassing. All right. I want to get to this Uh, quick one. Big case decided at the Supreme Court, Uh, ladies and gentlemen, for you libertarian friends of mine out there, and I consider myself largely a libertarian first, a conservative second, a real libertarian, unlike Justin Amash, who seems to be supporting this uh, spying scandal ridiculously once the president impeached. But Cato had a great piece up in the show notes today by Isla Shapiro. Shamefully, only two justices find that you can't be prosecuted by by a state and the feds for the same crime. You may be saying, wait, what? Did I miss something? Now, folks, a basic reading of the Constitution, we know we have provisions in the Constitution and the Bill of Rights against double jeopardy. Double jeopardy meaning what? Well, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to talk down. Most of you know exactly what I'm talking about, but in, in case you're kind of unaware of what it means, 
double jeopardy means you can't be prosecuted twice for the same crime. So if I arrest you as a federal agent on a credit card fraud charge, when I say when I was back doing that kind of work and we take you to trial and you were acquitted, I can't go out and arrest you again on the same charge. I, again, I feel I'm ashamed I have to mention this, but I have to mention it because apparently the Supreme Court doesn't get this. Only Gorsuch and Ginsburg, Gorsuch, a liberal and a conservative, Gorsuch being the conservative, liberal being the uh, liberal appointee, apparently out of the nine person Supreme Court, the, the seven of the justices think double jeopardy is A-OK. They backed up what they call the dual sovereign. Man, you can see it in the piece, but this dual sovereign, uh, you know, penumbra, the idea that, oh, well, as long as the state charges you with their crime under the state jurisdiction, you can be charged later for a federal crime. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the same crime. Or alleged crime in some cases. So if you're arrested for a drug deal, you could be arrested by the feds. You could be potentially acquitted and what, charged again by the state? How do the, ju how do the justices not see that that's clear double jeopardy? So I just want you to be aware of this story, ladies and gentlemen, because the Constitution yesterday, another chunk was taken out of it. A big one. A great white-like chunk of the Constitution. We've already seen you have no right um, to privacy anymore. The Fourth Amendment got thrown out the window with Spygate. Oh, no, as long as we unmask them and as long as we say they were colluding with foreigners, we can spy on everyone. Oh, okay, Constitution, let's get the toilet paper out. That's how they feel about it. We know that's gone. We know you're, you know, you're, you're, you're right to self and uh, not to self-incriminate yourself. And your right to an attorney has been thrown out the window that Trump, the uh, Mueller team targeting Trump didn't care about that either. You know, we know now apparently double jeopardy is out the is out the window too. That now the feds and the state can charge you over and over and over. But ladies and gentlemen, why am I bringing this up? I'm bringing this up for a very specific reason. You are going to see now when Trump leaves office. You are going to see every single liberal hack state prosecutor who wants to raise money for their upcoming campaign for governor, because, of course, attorney general and local city state's attorney is not good enough for them. Mark my words. Bookmark the show right now. You are going to see every one of these liberal lunatics try to pursue charges against Donald Trump. Not because there are any, not because there's a crime. As we've seen, liberals will just make it up. They don't care. And if he is charged federally and he was acquitted or pardoned, whatever, it is not going to matter. And now, of course, according to the Cato piece in this case, we see Gamble versus the United States. Now it's basically giving them all a free pass. <sighs> day by day, that Constitution is dying a slow, slow, painful death. All right, one last story before the funny video thing, which, man, this thing better be funny. Paul, right, Paul? The way I've been teasing this thing. If it's not, you guys are going to be, and ladies are going to be super disappointed. Quick story on this abortion thing. What are these companies doing? My gosh, story up at the Daily Signal today. Be in the show notes again. You have these 200 co companies, 180, 200 companies that are backing abortion now publicly, and they should be very careful what they look for. Great piece by Nicole Russell. Russell. The long and short of it is there was this letter written, of course, pushed by, you know, the the, the pro-abortion anti-life industry. They wanted companies, corporate America, why are you getting involved in this to sign this letter uh, basically condemning uh, the uh, the Georgia and Alabama laws protecting life in the womb? Of course, companies who are, are stacked on their boards 
with liberals who don't understand working class America, church going America, and people who believe life should be preserved at all stages. They don't get that. They really don't care. Sign this letter, uh, upwards of 200 companies in a really imbecilic fashion. I really can't believe how dumb of a decision this was. So they point out some interesting, within the piece, some interesting examples of corporate activism, which have absolutely blown up in corporate America's face, trying to cater and kiss the collective butts of liberal America. They say, for instance, when Dick's Sporting Goods decided would enter the gun control debate by refraining from selling what it referred to as assault-style firearms. Dix faced a boycott and reported $150 million in lost sales that year. Nice job, Dix. If you were trying to lose money doing that it's, uh, with your gun control nonsense was the way to go. Likewise, Target lost over a million customers and took a significant, uh, significant financial hit after adopting a transgender bathroom policy in 2016. As uh, they were, uh, Nicole writes in the piece, put simply, wading into political controversy is bad for business. Companies who indulge in controversial policy fights risk alienating a large chunk of their consumer base. Folks, liberal America, listen, I'm not telling you how to run your business. You do whatever you want. I'm just telling you, if you think that aligning yourself and genuflecting before the far left's radical abortion positions now is the way to rock and roll, you are insane. You don't believe me? Let me play this video of Democrat candidate for president, current New York Senator Kirsten Gillibrand. This is her idea. This is a little, this is from last week. I wanted to play it last week, but we ran out of time. This is Kirsten Gillibrand's position on the pro-life community. This is ridiculous. So I'm gonna do four things as president. First, uh, I will not appoint a judge or a justice that doesn't believe that Roe v. Wade is settled precedent and law of the land, because it is. Two, I will codify Roe. I'll make it actually a law to make sure um, it can't be undermined state by state. Third, uh, I will codify, or excuse me, I will repeal the Hyde Amendment, which is the amendment that says no federal money can be used for abortion services. What that translates to is poor women do not have access to full reproductive care uh, because if they're a Medicaid patient, uh, they can't access it. And fourth, I will guarantee no matter what state you live in that we will have federal money available uh, so that you can receive uh, full reproductive care, including abortion services in all 50 states. And you can do it directly through your Medicare for all policy. So not only now, Kirsten Gillibrand, who, uh, what is it, a week and a half ago, compared a pro-life position to being racist. Racist. That's fascinating, considering minority uh, uh, infants are terminated in the room and of in the womb at a, at an un at a, at it's so disturbing a rate. Uh, so it's somehow racist to want to protect the lives of minority children. That's kind of amazing. Um, Kirsten Gillibrand uh, said that in an interview comparing pro life positions to racism, but now she wants to make sure that American taxpayers pay for it too. Uh, just disgusting. This corporate America. This is what you want. I mean, you're going to look America in the face and tell you these are our guys or our ladies in this case. I mean, really? It, all right, moving on because I'll say something I don't want to say and I don't want to do that. All right, I'll leave you on a bit of a kind of a, a humorous note today. This is actually, the story cracks me up. I can't get enough of this. So I was looking through Twitter. I, I've been trying to put up some... Uh, some some more humorous content here and there because it's such a serious topic. We got the 2020 election. I've been getting a lot of emails from listeners too. They really like this show, but sometimes they feel a little worn out by politics. So I was, I was searching through Twitter and sometimes it's tough. Like we had the alien video last week. Um, there's stuff I just throw in there that's good, but this one was, but it's, you don't know if it's going to be good for the whole audience. This was a ground ball. I saw the story, Ben Howe, who is a friend of mine, Ben's a good guy who uh, does a lot of content, conservative content. I saw this on his Twitter feed. It was a story 
story, ironically, at CNN.com. But let me put up the tweet. I'll put this up on the screen. You can go to YouTube.com slash Bongino if you want to see this. <laughs> so, so this Pakistani politician, right, folks? He wants to live stream this community meeting event he's doing on Facebook or whatever it may be. So he enables his Facebook page to video. He's from the PTI KPK party. Uh, he's the information minister, Shakat Yufsani, or Yufsai, sorry. So he enables the video on his Facebook to go live. It's like this community meeting where he's in front. <laughs> Someone on his Facebook page who had been messing around with it before, I guess one of his staffers, forgot to turn the cat filter off. Now, for those of you uh, who aren't familiar with the technology, Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat have these filters. And these filters overlay on your face images. They could be dogs, cats. You Why would anybody want to do that? They do it to be cute and funny. Someone turned the cat filter on this guy's Facebook page and forgot to turn it off. This poor guy, Sh Shakat Yufsai, I'm sorry if I'm saying your name wrong, Shakat, from the PTI KPK party, was broadcasting this. You've got to see the pictures. Go to youtube.com slash Bongino. You can see it at the end. You can got to see it. Or, or you can go to, it was this at motion, Bilal Khan, who has it up there too. I, it's, it's some guy took it off Twitter. Ben Howe has it as well. CNN has it. It is super funny. This guy's on the screen the whole time with cat ears. He's on the, with whiskers on his face. He has no idea. They read your face and it puts a cat face on you the whole time. He's live streaming this thing to his audience with the cat picture on. Paula, note to self. Take a note. Make sure when we start live streaming stuff, Twitter, Facebook, whatever it is, Big note, take the cat filters off for it. Can you imagine me doing a show for you the whole time? You know, it'd be really funny if you put a cat thing on me right now. And <laughs> Please put a reminder, take the cat filter off. Folks, I'm sorry. I did not mean to tease that thing to death. But when you see the pictures, it is the funniest thing I've ever seen. This poor guy, he's trying to be, hey, let's be open. Let's put our thing out there. They forget to turn the cat filter on. The poor guy's broadcasting the cat filter. Oh, man. All right. I'll be back to the home studio. I'm getting ready to fly out of here. So thanks again for tuning in to Fox and Friends when I'm in there. I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me. You guys always make me look good. Uh, so thank you so much. You're the most loyal audience in the business. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino. And please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and SoundCloud. It's those subscriptions, believe it or not, that help us move up the charts. Um, it's not just the downloads. And it is totally free to you. It's advertiser-supported, so we're not going to be uh, – don't worry about that. So please, folks, go check that out. Thanks a lot. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening wherever you listen.